Romans chapter 12, verse 1, living sacrifices. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we are we who are, are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals in his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And this is the word of God, and we look forward to no sharing that with us in a minute. Well, it's good uh, to be with you again and to share in this time of worship and to open up God's word uh, to all of our hearts. And uh, could I just uh, put in a wee plug for Walk Through uh, the Bible it's a wonderful, wonderful event, and I would encourage each and every one of you, if you're around on those dates, that you register and become part of it, because you'll love it, and you will learn so much from it. So uh, I do recommend that most warmly uh, to you. But let's bow together now uh, in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these moments that you're allowing us to just be together and to allow you to speak to us by your Holy Spirit as we open up your precious word. 
We pray that this will indeed be a very meaningful time for each of us. And grant from the preacher to all the people that we will be ministered to by your Spirit as we allow you to just open up our eyes and open up our hearts to all that you have in store for us. So bless us, we pray, in these moments. And may we all know that we're not here by accident. We're all here because you want us to be here. You have deigned it to be so. And so, Father, we pray that you will open our minds and open our hearts and allow your word to come and to produce that fruit and that glory, which will be to your holy name. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. I don't know if uh, you've ever been in a situation where you've been absolutely overwhelmed, totally overwhelmed and surprised at what was happening to you, or you found yourself in a situation that you just couldn't uh, dream of ever being in before, when you would say, I never dreamed that I would ever be in this situation. Have you ever been in that sort of situation? Uh, I was in it just uh, recently there when I got those tickets for the Commonwealth Games. It was absolutely wonderful. It just thrills you uh, to know that something beyond your thoughts and your imagination can actually happen. And when I was thinking about this, uh, my mind went back to when I was younger, and I'm sure the same is true for all of you. When you're growing up, You have all sorts of ideas and dreams, whether it's to be a a, a sports person and to be the best at that sport. Uh, I had a boyish dream, and I'm sure many men here had as well, of being an engine driver. When I grew up, I wanted to uh, be an engine driver. My father was in the railway, and uh, I got to be on the footplate on a number of occasions and loved it way back there growing up in in, uh, Belfast. I also had a deep desire to be uh, a surgeon. I I wanted to go into medicine. And this really took hold of me in my early teenage years. And I really longed uh, uh, to let this happen and wanted it to happen. It was a dream I had. Uh, But unfortunately, because of circumstances at home with my mother dying and then my father dying, my life just changed dramatically, and I didn't get to go down the line uh, of uh, medicine. But I wonder if any of us have ever been dreaming spiritually. I mean, dreaming about what God could do in your life. Dreaming about what could happen if you just opened up everything to him, and it permeates your, your heart. And maybe even this morning you're, you're sitting there, and over the last few days, maybe you've been thinking about this. Uh, what would happen if? And uh, God has been opening up your minds and uh, starting to speak to you personally, and you, you would love certain things to happen, some things that would affect you and affect your family and affect this church. And you start to dream spiritually about these things. Oh, it's wonderful to be able to open your mind and your spirit to see if this is something that God wants to do in your life. I'm sure you have heard the speech, as I have heard it often, that Martin Luther King Jr. made on August 1963 at the Lincoln Memorial when he stood up and he made that great statement, I have a dream. 
And that was a defining moment in America with regards to the struggle for racial equality. But I wonder today in Prestwick Church, could you say the same? Oh, totally different to Martin Luther King, but could you say, I have a dream? I have that conviction in my heart of what God wants to do in my life. Because Paul says here in uh, verse uh, 3 of uh, Romans chapter 12, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given to you. And Paul is saying, learn to look at your life through the eye of faith. Bring yourself to God and say, what would happen as you exercise your faith and give yourself back again to God? Because he has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for every one of us. And that's God's dream, as it were, for you and for me. He wants us to fulfill that purpose that he has already designed for you to be part of. You see, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And again, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. Faith is the key to the fulfilling of that purposeful life with God. And each of us, myself included, we have got to come to that point where we bring ourselves before God and realize that we live by faith and not by sight. And there are times in our lives when we come to the crossroads, where we find ourselves almost at a stop, at a standstill. And you're saying, where do I go from here? And maybe God has brought you in here this morning. You may even be a visitor. But he's brought you here this morning in order to speak into your heart. You are at, as it were, a crossroads in life. And you're not sure what direction you should be going in. And I hope and pray that this morning that God will start to speak into your heart and pull back the veil and perhaps start to give you the seeds of a dream which he wants to work in your life and through your life. Because he always starts with this vision, with this dream, with this idea, with this conviction. Call it what you want. But he starts to work in your heart by his spirit. He did it with Noah when he gave him that fantastic dream of of building an ark when he was going to bring judgment on the world. He gave it to Abraham when he had that wonderful dream of becoming the father of, of a great and mighty nation. He gave it also to Joseph when he opened up his mind to the possibility of being a great leader. He also gave a wonderful dream to Nehemiah to go and to rebuild the walls there in Jerusalem. He gave another dream to David that he was going to be a great uh, king there in Israel. So again, I ask you, Have you got hold of that vision, that dream that God has for your life? Because it's so important. This should be our goal in life, to fulfill the purposes that God has made us for. Paul had a wonderful vision, hadn't he, when he said, I press on towards the goal to win the prize, listen, for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
Paul says, I want just to be what he made me to be. And I hope and pray that today you will start to catch hold of that dream that God has for you. Because, you see, God's dream determines your destiny. Oh, he starts shaping our dreams and then those dreams start to shape us. As God takes us and by his Holy Spirit, he molds us and shapes us and defines us and makes us into the people which he wants us to be. Nothing more important in life is there than finding God's purpose for your life. Jeremiah said this in chapter 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, God's purpose is personal and it's always positive. So here you are this morning, you're saying, okay, Noel, how do I discover God's dream for my life? How do I really open myself up and know that it's not just me thinking it through, but it's really God's dream that he wants for my life? Well, I want to use uh, that word dream, and I want to take the letters of that word. And as we look at it, try to help us to understand how we can know God's purpose. So let's take the first letter, D. And that stands for dedicate. I've got to dedicate all my life to God. That's why we read from Romans chapter 12. It opens up with that wonderful verse. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Dedicate it to his service. Don't conform to the standards of this world. But let God transform you. Then you will be able to know the will of God. What is good and pleasing and perfect. So how do I discover? Here's the first step. Offer yourself. Dedicate every part of your life. Just take yourself before God. As it says here, a living sacrifice. Dedicate your time. Dedicate your, your talents. Dedicate your finances. Dedicate your relationships. Dedicate your past, and your present, and your future. Just take yourself and say, Lord, I want you to take me and to open my eyes, and to open my heart, and to open my spirit to all that you want for me. And says here, don't conform to the standards of this world. Oh, I believe, friends, that so many people miss God's dream, because they're not looking to God for the development of their Christian life. They're looking to others. And if you're looking at other people, you're going to miss God's dream for you. Don't imitate. Dedicate. That's the secret of walking close with God. Take your eyes of other people and place them on the Lord. Because it's not being fashionable, it's being faithful. And God starts off here telling us that we are to dedicate ourselves to him. I, I used a verse this morning with the boys and the girls from Hebrews chapter 12. It says, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. 
And I want to remind you this morning that there's a particular race that you have to run and that I have to run. God has marked it out for us. And he wants us to run for his glory. So take your eyes off other people. Because if you keep looking at others, you're going to run their race, not yours. And God wants us to run our race. So D stands for dedicate. Let's take R. R would stand for to reserve time alone with God. Reserve time alone. You need to be quiet before God if you're going to take hold of his vision and his purposes for your life. Oh, I believe that God so often is trying to break into all of our lives. But, you know, sometimes we're, we're running in circles and we're so busy that we don't even hear God speaking to us. When he does try to get us, he's getting the engage signal all the time. And he's wanting to break into your life and into mine so often. I love that verse in Job 37 and verse 14, which says, Pause a moment and listen. Pause a moment and listen. Consider the wonderful things God does. You see, God wants to spend time with you and with me. Now, that's hard to take in, that the great creator, the one who created all things, wants to meet with little old you and with me. He wants to spend time with us. So it's good for us to take time out. Maybe you should go out and climb some hill just to be alone with him or or walk down on the shore, walk along the beach and just allow him to fill your minds with his thoughts and with all the wonderful things he wants to share with you. Now, there's four things that you need to do when you take time out. Number one, relax and meditate on scripture. Focus your mind on on God's word. Let him speak to you from out of the word and take a, take a chapter like chapter 12 here in Romans and just let him minister to you by his spirit. But you need to relax and meditate. Secondly, you need to reflect upon your schedule, on your diary, on all the things that's going on in your life because many of us are too busy. We're busy in this and we're busy in that and we haven't enough time even to allow God to do what he wants to do in our lives. So maybe there's some things you need to cut out of your schedule. You need to sit down and say, I don't need to be involved there. And just start to uh, cut them out and to look and see. Because the third thing you need to do is to restate your priorities. What are the priorities in my life? I need to set some new goals. Goals to be with my family. Goals to to be with God alone and to share with him and open myself up to what he wants to do in me. Goals for the church and my involvement and what I should be doing as far as that is concerned. And then fourthly, to refocus everything upon him, upon God, upon what he wants. And come to him and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to work? What do you want me to become involved in? Take time out just to meet with God. And when you you look at the Bible, you'll find that all the great saints did this. 
Abraham did this, Genesis chapter 15, when he was waiting before God to fulfill this dream that God had given to him of being a father of a great nation. And he comes to God and he spends time. Jacob did it in Genesis 32, when he wrestles with God and he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Moses did it, Exodus chapter 3, when he met with God at the burning bush and he became confronted there by this great plan that God had for his life. Gideon did it when he was sitting under that oak and the angel of the Lord came and said he wanted to use him against the Midianites. David did it. Constantly, David tells us in the Psalms, I talk to you every morning, Lord. I share with you my heart. Elijah did it when he went to the cave in 1 Kings 19 and said, Lord, I need to meet with you again. Nehemiah did it. Paul did it. Even the Lord Jesus did it. He took time out to meet with God. And maybe that's what you need to do in that busy life that you're involved in just now. Just take time out and make it a regular occurrence. Reserve time alone with God. Dedicate your life. Reserve time with God. Let's take the next letter. It's E. D-R-E. That means to evaluate your abilities. Just to look at yourself, as Paul says here, to think soberly by faith about your life. You see, why would God give you certain gifts and talents and abilities if he didn't expect you to use them? The simple question is, are you using them? He wouldn't give them to you unless he meant you to use them, unless he meant you to be what he wants you to be. So ask yourself the question, what am I good at? And don't say nothing, because every one of us have gifts. And those gifts will will help us to see our lives and to shape our lives. What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? What really fires you up when you start to think about it? Because you see, in Ephesians chapter 2, we read these words. For we are God's workmanship, or handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to devote ourselves to the good deeds for which God has designed us. I want you to think of that word handiwork or or workmanship. In the Greek, it's the word poema, poema, from which we get our word, our English word, poem. You see, you and I, we are God's poem. You are a poem created by God. In other words, you are a work of art. You are unique. God made you unique. You didn't come off an assembly line. God created you. He shaped you. He has formed you. And he's made you special. But there's more to in life to being unique. He wants you to be unique and effective. He has pre-designed a plan and a purpose for your life and for mine. And God has given you certain gifts and abilities to fulfill that purpose. And that is to serve him. We are saved in order to serve the king of kings. I like the way Peter puts it in his epistle. He says, God has given each of us some special abilities 
Be sure to use them to help each other. This is what we call having a ministry. So if I was to say to you, what is your ministry in this church, in this community? What would you say? Because you see, God has wired you together in a very special way. And he wants you to use those gifts, those abilities. And by the way, those abilities are given as a gift from him. They are unearned. So that means you can't take pride in them. That's why Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But just to bring yourself and say, Lord, you've given me these gifts. How can I use them? Where do you want me to use them? And you must use them. Oh, friends, it's so easy to miss your dream by refusing to use your gifts. Some people ignore their gifts. They simply never dream. They never think that God wants to use them in any situation, and therefore they ignore their gifts. That's a terrible thing to do. Some people withdraw their gifts. You know what I mean? They hold their gifts back. They don't use them for some reason or other. Sometimes it's because they've been hurt or ignored and and they withhold their gifts. That's not a good thing to do. Or sometimes we miss our dream by complaining. Complaining that we're not being used. Complaining that we want to be involved in something bigger than what we're involved in at the moment. God calls us to be faithful in the little things, first of all. Before he gives us the bigger things. And we can also miss it by comparing ourselves, looking at other people, looking around. Oh, friends, be content to be you. God will use you as you. And he wants you to discover that. And he wants you to use that and to allow him to use you. Because the way to build a talent is by using what you've got. The Bible tells us to those who have more will be given. If you don't use it, you will lose it. Simple as that. Romans chapter 12 here says, We are to use our different gifts in accordance to the grace God has given to us. Oh, and there's something else we have to remember. You're never too young to get God's dream. And you're never too old to get God's dream. Some people sit back and say, I've had my day. No, you don't get that in the Bible. That's nowhere to be found in the Bible. Bible tells us your young men shall dream dreams and your old men shall have vision. Do you remember Moses? Do you remember Caleb? Moses was 80 when God took him and used him. Caleb was 85. Do you remember Abraham? He was 75. So don't give me the fact that you're old and therefore you can't be used by God. Ridiculous. God wants every one of us, old and young alike, to come and to give ourselves afresh to him. Here's the next letter. It's A. Associate with godly dreamers. Hang out with people who are seeking to discover what God wants to do in them and in the church. 
You see, the people who are your closest friends, they'll either help you with God's dream in your life or they will hinder you. So be careful of who you hang out with. Be careful of whose input in your life you're allowing to come. It is so important because if you want God's dream for your life, you've got to hang out with people who are on earnest for God and zealous for God. Because the Bible tells us, as iron sharpens iron, friend sharpens friend. Or again from uh, the Bible we read, Bad friends ruin the noblest people. And that's true. You see, remember that if you want to soar with eagles, you can't run with turkeys. It's as simple as that. So maybe you need to think again about the friends that you have. And where they're leading and where they're helping in your life. And some of you may need to make new friends. And here's the last letter, M. Make my dream public. Oh, this is a big step of faith. This is where when you've waited before God and you've allowed him to speak into your heart and you start to have the vision developing in your mind where you share it with somebody else. It's no longer a secret to you. You're giving it to someone else. You're saying, I believe God is speaking to me about this or that or the other thing. I believe God wants to use me in doing this. And the moment you do that, what will happen is others will start to gravitate towards you. Because, you see, God has been saying the same thing to them as he's been saying to you. And so he brings you together, and before you know it, the dream starts to grow, it starts to develop. Because this is how God does it. You visualize the dream, and then you verbalize the dream. Because, you see, when you go public, it gets you started. The procrastination is set aside. No more procrastination. When you say something to someone, then you become accountable to that vision. And you step out by faith. And as I said, it attracts other people's support. And God starts to work in their life and not only in your life. And before you know it, the dream starts to come together. And I, I can tell you that this is so true down there in Girvan. Because God put that almost impossible dream in my heart back so many years ago there now when I was a networker. And I knew that well, my age was getting on and I needed somebody else and didn't know what. And then I met this young guy from South Africa called Adam. And when I started to share with him, I found that he had the same vision, the same dream about Gervin. And now that's just developing in a very wonderful way. You see, God uses you to help other people get their dream as well. So we go public. And of course, it releases the power of God because this is you stepping out in faith. You're trusting God. And when you trust him with all your heart, you will prove him 
always wholly true. Hebrews 11 again says this, What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Has God brought you here this morning in order to open up the veil and to say, I want to do something special in your life. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to stand up and be counted? Are you ready to step out of the boat and see the miracle take place? You see, the first phase of faith is the dream, is the vision, is the conviction. And then God says, now step out and trust me. Acts 13 says, David served God's purpose in his generation and then he died. What a wonderful thing to be able to say. You served God's purpose in your generation. Paul puts it like this in Acts 20, 20. I reckon my own life worth nothing to me in order that I may complete my mission and finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. There's only one life, as we used to say, it will soon be past, and only what's done for Jesus will last. There are seasons in life where God brings you face to face with the reality of yourself. What are you going to do with your life? If you've never taken the step of giving yourself to God, really giving yourself to him, where you've opened up your life and asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, to save you, and then to turn and say, Lord, I want to give everything back to you. The gifts that you've given to me, I now give them back and ask you to use me. Have you ever done that? Maybe God's challenging you here this morning. To discover him afresh. And to let him do what he wants to do. In your life. To your life. And through your life. In this community. In this church. And for his glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you've given to us today to open up this whole subject of discovering your purpose for our lives. And Father, we pray that as you have spoken by your Spirit, help us now to respond by dedicating our lives to you and to your service. Lord, will you bless your word Will you bless your people and will you take them from this place with a whole fresh understanding of why you created them, why you made them, why you saved them, and what you want to do now 
through them. So bless your people and glorify your holy name. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, close this part of the service with the singing of 626, Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Father, this indeed is our prayer, that you will speak to each and every one of us in that personal way and grant to us the faith and indeed the courage to step out and allow you to have your way. So be with those who must leave us now and continue to bless us as we sit at your table, for we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.